Hello and welcome to Voice Note, the weekly podcast where we share our musings about modern life and invite you to share yours too. We are four friends who met at university. Georgie, Laura, Chloe and Una, now sadly separated by geography but brought back together by the power of the Voice Note. Whether it's discussing dating, family drama or our latest cultural recommendations, we love nothing more than a rambling voice note. So settle down with a glass of wine or a cup of tea and enjoy some hopefully relatable content. This week we're talking flats or house shares. We've enjoyed listening to your stories of flatmate woe or joy and reflecting on our own experiences. We have had many. I feel like lots of people can list at least one terrible flat share experience and our first voice noters is quite a tragic one. So the worst experience I've had with a flat share was less to do with the flatmates and more to do with the landlord. Shock horror. Um, I was away, it was while I was at uni, I was away for a couple of weeks um, and the whole flat was for studying and came back and uh, the bathroom had gone, had disappeared. The toilet, the sink, the bath, the shower, gone. A bare husk of a room remained uh, and the water had been turned off. And supposedly the landlord, and he said that uh, didn't, they didn't expect this back in time, so they were going to just get this all done under our noses. Um, to add a bit of pathos to the story, that same day, my then-girlfriend broke up with me and my card had been defrauded. Um, and as a result of the missing bathroom, um, I had to shower at a pal's flat and use the loo in Starbucks for a week. That is the most incredibly baffling story I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you not tell your tenants... That you were going to go to the bathroom, and then after saying, I think he said, you know, oh, it, we thought it would be done like before you got back. Firstly, what on earth? <laughs> um, secondly, these things never really take one day. I don't see how that was possibly achievable. And thirdly, why would you then leave your tenants without a bathroom for a week? How is supposed to yeah. live in Starbucks? I can't imagine anything worse. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know how our voice notes are coped without a bathroom for a week. I also feel I need like further explanation of how like how this bathroom was taken out, left for a week. Like, did was there communication with the landlord? Like, did did the landlord somehow think that this was okay? Like what on earth like went down to create this situation <laughs> where he had to so go to the I loo in Starbucks so for full disclosure Callum is my partner and I have heard this story before and when he said he was going to send this in I was like I know this story um so I think what had ha- it was like over like Easter holidays or something and it was like at uni and so they'd all gone I think him and his flatmates had gone to their various like family homes for like a week or whatever and I I don't know if they told the landlord that or if the landlord has assumed they would be at home but like none of them knew that this was going to be happening and then Callum like like showed up like I think earlier than he was going to and it was just gone and none of them had any idea that it was going to be happening oh my god I I think the other thing that really gets me about this and 
I mean, maybe this is reading too much into the situation, but have you ever heard of uh, a, you know, a student tenant, especially one in Edinburgh, where for the, be- the benefits of our listeners who have not lived in Edinburgh before, the standard of housing is really, is really not great. I've never heard of a student tenant who wouldn't have been really glad to hear that their landlord wanted to replace the bathroom. <laughs> Why was there no communication <laughs> on this issue? If so many bathrooms that I've had, if the landlord had been like, we're going to rip it out and start again, I would have been like, be my fucking guest. I'll get an Airbnb for two weeks whilst you do it. Do, I hope you do a great job. Like, what? I mean, obviously, I would have made them pay for the Airbnb because obviously, yeah, I know my rights. But like, I have so many questions about the lack of communication in this, even, even though both you and I think you and Callum Georgie have essentially answered it as much as you possibly can. I just want to know what was going through the landlord's head. Yeah, it's tragic. This also um, reminds me of uh, our terrible bathroom story, which is not oh, quite no. the same level. I, I feel oh. I feel we should share, which is when we lived together at uni, like t- it was really like three weeks into being there. And one morning... Was it that early? Yeah, it was like really quite yeah. early. And Ooh. one morning, I think, Una, you'd taken a shower... I went into the bathroom. <laughs> One of my notorious <laughs> I was just like, there's loads of water in the bath. Like, have you, I like, messed you, like, have you had a bath? <gasps> like, oh no, I remember this. The water was just like there. And I was just like, it's just not draining like at all. But it was like fully, it wasn't like, you know, a little bit of drain on blocker was required for this situation. It was like a full bath of oh, water. And like we got into contact with the landlord I think we all went out and then when we came back the bath was just black like like oh, brown black. Oh. I remember this was disgusting <laughs> it was like still swimming around in it and the situation was not resolved for like a good several days and I remember we like didn't have any water we like accumulated loads of like kitchen plates and stuff i remember we had to go to an for an emergency nando's at one point because we had no more yeah. plates left. oh my gosh so we did remember our like weirdly like deep satisfaction when we could actually do dishes again we're like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. there were so many wow this is the best that was ever. so grim <laughs> and at one point wasn't it in like, the toilet as well like yeah it, was that, so it like horrible. bubbled up like because it was like the toilet and the bath oh. were linked like the plumbing was linked and it bubbled up nah, and I remember, can like, we not i feel sick <laughs> <laughs> so also the fact that oh i'd forgotten this. yeah oh. and we didn't have a shower and i remember like I, I think a couple of you had a gym membership. I did not. So I just remember going around being like really conscious for the whole time. And I think I found like a random shower, which was actually like really, really nice, like on campus and just like made that my shower yeah. for the week. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of the showers that they build into these buildings to encourage people to like jog and cycle to work and that kind of thing and of course then people just use it to like live at work, which is not exactly <laughs> ideal. And you came back, you were like, I've just had <laughs> the best shower of my life and I wasn't sure if it was because you hadn't had a shower for two days or if it was because like it was actually such a good shower honestly it was such a good shower (laughs) but I think this is you know like this example is another one where I remember the like the plumbers coming around and yeah I mean you know what these guys are like these um like the workies that you get in to do these kinds of things they've got such great chat and they really just give it to you about what it is that is going on in the, in the places that they are working and they come in and they're like oh my goodness are these landlords like hanging out to dry again or like whatever and we're like 
I mean, I guess, but I don't really know what to tell you. Like, this is where we are. Uh, we've, we've got a bunch of dirt in the bath and we can't wash the yeah. forks, Steve. I don't know what you're going to say for me. Oh my God. It's also like when, when I look back on like the living situations when I was a student, like now kind of having the accumulated knowledge that I know, I just would not have put up with it like at the time. Mm. I think when you're a student, you're kind of like, yeah, this is how it is. Like, um you know just accept it but now like if the slightest thing goes wrong in my flat I'm like I know my rights like <laughs> yes. my letting agent like that we want rent deducted <laughs> like this is unacceptable um but, like you just don't put up with the same amount uh, when you've had many years experience of it and now we're going to hear from our second voice noter who's talking to us about her first experience of living independently when she moved into student halls Hi girls, um, so my story for flat shares is um, university days. Um, when I first went to uni, I went into student halls. I was the baby in the flat by quite a wee bit. <laughs> and everybody knew how to cook and prep everything and for themselves. And we all cooked together and drank together and went out together and it was a right laugh. And then much later on when I went back to uni again, um, like going into halls, you know, I was the one who had to show people how to do everything, and then like having to show one night in particular how to switch the oven on for chicken nuggets and how to do laundry, and it's such a world of difference between the two. I felt this voice note had very student becomes the teacher vibes, uh, which is is very interesting for someone who, throughout my time living at university, lived with many, many different uh, flatmates, like over the course of the few years that I was there, and thinking about people's different, essentially dynamics and the baseline knowledge that they had already about what they were what they were doing in independent living, what independent living meant for them, the things that they were actually going to bother to do. I remember having this one flatmate in first year who I always thought seemed really organised because she was doing all of her prep cooking on a Sunday night. And I was like, this girl is sorted. Like, she really knows where she is and she's got it together. And then one time I was actually in the flat, in in the kind of um, cooking area on a Sunday night or a Sunday afternoon when she was doing all of the prep and realised that she was, she was like cooking you know sweet potatoes in the microwave and all sorts of weird stuff where I was like this girl does not know what she's doing <laughs> um, and I imagine yeah and I I find that thing about none of us know what we're doing very grounding for when you're taking those first steps into adulthood but I can imagine then being placed alongside that when you're a few years away from it and you sort of forget that you were ever there that that would be kind of bamboozling I guess yeah, I remember um, in in our uni halls in first year, uh, the fire alarm used to go off all the damn time <laughs> because everyone was like cooking and setting it off. I remember I once set it off and I would say I'm a pretty like self-sufficient cook um but I was like cooking sausages and like the fat clearly like set it off but that was fine because it was like 6 p.m um 
but honestly like some of them like <laughs> students coming back I remember like one night and like someone um in like one of the flats we knew had cooked some bacon uh for after a night out at, like 3 a.m mm. and off we all went outside for the fire alarm oh. at 3 a.m on a weeknight it's like great <laughs> it's also just very interesting like the variety of people like maybe Chloe you were more self-sufficient and other people weren't and like in the thing that baffled me was like you know when you like talk to people um I don't know in tutorials or whatever or like meeting people in first year uni Hmm. and then some of them are like they just don't kind of make an effort to like learn how to do things themselves yeah and obviously Mm. like people obviously everyone has a different experience of like what they had to do when they lived with their parents at home but but then you, you have to make an effort when you live on your own and I remember like hearing of people who would like save up their laundry for like a weekend when they were going home to visit oh, family oh my gosh my family like, this. like oh my god and I was just like just do the washing just do it, up. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it is also like a, an important life skill um mm. and I just and I but I also remember being envious of people who lived like their family home was in in Edinburgh or like really nearby um like one of my flatmates who I lived with in first year she could just like pop home like at the weekend really easily um and one time she did like a big she took some laundry home and she was like do you want me to pop some of your stuff in (laughs) and it was very tempting we ain't gonna say no that's wild (laughs) yeah there's I feel there's so many things like that I'm remembering now another flatmate that I had um who just really had this thing about I think it was something to be fair that she had learned from her parents and and therefore you can't really blame her for thinking this was the right thing to do but she would use her towel once before washing it and like a shower like to have a shower she would have a shower use a towel once also a hair towel and then would have to put it in the wash and so it just constantly meant that she had things in the washing machine that's so wasteful (laughs) it was so wasteful and you know my my knowledge of climate change was really not where it is now at that point but I remember being like I mean that is bad (laughs) I remember in first year that my flatmate her mother used to come up maybe once a week um, at the weekend and bring her like a whole stack of kind of ready meal containers that she'd like cooked and she'd put them in a freezer and take them out Mm. she said yeah the most cooking that I can really do is make some pasta but at home um I've always been really been taught to like cook and, and asked to like help with dinner so when I got to uni I could kind of do mm. for myself but and I can't I think it's probably a bit unfair to say but I really just can't imagine being in a situation where my parents did everything for me all the time um and I got to uni and wouldn't be able to do anything yeah yeah I guess some people like haven't been shown as well which is like fair yeah um although I do think a lot of it like comes from a at least what I witnessed came from a place of like being spoiled or privileged <laughs> yeah um and I definitely like as Afa mentioned I like would cook for myself quite a bit um and I remember like distinctly like making a lasagna one time and being like super proud of my lasagna um and like put it in the fridge and like I think I put like what yeah it was like one slice was left and like I literally just left it for a day and I was like why every time I open the fridge like the top layer I swear this lasagna <gasps> is getting smaller no. and smaller oh my gosh. like just the top layer and then like by the time I came to eat in the evening I was like <laughs> 
someone has been like just coming into some the snake and thief. picking just literally i mean the best bit of the lasagna like the crispy bit with the cheese sauce and you know but uh yeah yeah that's a whole other thing isn't that it like flatmates stealing your food i'm gonna tell the story that my cousin told me about her flatmate uni because she had this flatmate who apparently would um draw a circle around her milk so she could see if I'm <gasps> using it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So she would draw a line around it to be like, this is where my milk is. If you use it, I will know. <gasps> that is so extra and unnecessary. Like that's a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean also, milk A is not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Um and also, you know, if your partner's gonna steal something, they're only gonna steal like the tiniest bit because they'll feel bad. <laughs> Finally, our third voice note reflects on living with bad flatmates, but learning from the experience. So in first year of university, I was in halls and in a flat with three other girls, two of which really didn't like me for not really any clear or um, reasonable reason. Um, So they would do things like the doors were quite heavy and at the start I didn't realise that they slammed. Um, So they made a big deal out of me slamming the doors and they put notes on all of the communal doors plus my own bedroom door to say do not slam but no one else's bedroom. Just like little really passive aggressive things like that. And one of them always had to know when my boyfriend at the time was staying over so I'd have to like awkwardly message on the group chat which was just a bit humiliating and I don't really know why I stood for that but um since then so in the like six or however many years I've had really good experiences with flat shares and flatmates and lived with some really nice people who have become like my best friends so karma I guess yeah I think um everyone can probably find some way to relate with this voice note um I feel like it's so tricky when you have bad flatmate experiences and like especially if you go to university and you end up staying in university halls and you're just put with a bunch of random people and it's such luck like you can get put with people that you get on with so well Mm. or you can get put with people that you don't get on with um have nothing in common with and you know it obviously makes you have a worse experience and it definitely sounds like our voice noter did have a more detrimental um, first year experience due to her flatmates. And it's one of those things as well that like, it makes you feel uncomfortable, um, like where you live. And I think that is one of the worst things where you're not in, like you can't really go home to a place that you find relaxing. Yeah, Yeah. I I think it's, it's really interesting as well, because I mean, obviously people can move out at all sorts of times and very often even people who aren't, going to university maybe are moving in with people they don't know through various flat sharing things but I think when you're thinking about uh, moving for university or I suppose in some people's case maybe college very often you're doing that at like quite a tender age <laughs> not to sound like an old man but you know <laughs> uh, you know you're quite young I mean I was 17 when I went to uni and I still kind of feel the effects of now five years later of having started at that age and I think the thing that this voice note really made me think of and reflect on from my own experience is the way that especially at that age most people are basically 
playing at adulthood you don't you don't know how to do it obviously it's been modeled for you by your parents but the or, or whoever you're living with beforehand but those people who are modeling that responsibility and that like self-sufficiency that we were talking about previously are probably doing it in this in the sense of how a caregiver does it so I think the way that that then you know not to like try and therapize like this particular situation in a way that I'm vastly unqualified to do but to me it just really like reeks of of people who have no idea what they are doing and are just desperately clinging on for something they can control and in this particularly unpleasant situation like those people were trying to control their flatmate which is just like really unpleasant for everybody um especially our voice noter um yeah yeah um I do think also you can end up in like bad flat share situations at many points in life like it's not just Mm. your first year um like often also when people then move away from uni or if you haven't gone to uni like obviously a lot of people meet their flatmates through spare room um and I think that's quite a common thing to do because often like you know in a big city or you know you don't um you know ships passing in the night where like you don't (laughs) end up living together for with your friends for whatever reason um and you know I've heard some my fair share of uh, scare stories of those sorts of situations so I guess um yeah and I and I also think there can be a lot of um like shame associated with like being in a flat situation that isn't ideal and you feel like you have to pretend that like everything's so great and this is the best decision I ever made like this is so brilliant um especially as you like when you are choosing flatmates um Mm. it reminds me of um my probably like worst flat experience which was actually my third year of university and I lived with people that I didn't really know through circumstance (laughs) and one night one of my flatmates who needless to say I did not get on with um decided to throw a massive party despite the fact that we had terrible neighbours who were like on our case, like with the police. <laughs> um, that's that's telling the, the short that's story. That's another story, yeah. Um, and like he literally had like an amp, like playing like music, like that loud. Like I was in my bedroom and I could feel it like pulsing through my body. Um, and I remember going in and asking him to turn it down. And then in the morning, going into the living room and seeing that I had no window. There was no window <laughs> in the living room. Um, and like messaging the group chat and being like, uh, what has happened? Where'd the window go? Oh, where is the window? Um, he was like very defensive about it. Anyway, long Jeez. story short, three days, he basically said that someone had fallen into the window and it had come out. Three days later, it transpired. He admitted that he had basically got angry and drunk and turned around and punched out our window um so you know that was great i have also had kind of some experiences where i've lived with people i don't really know um and when i first moved to london um two years ago well um i lived with like a friend from uni but also we decided that we wanted to have more flatmates because living in with two people sometimes can be a bit like intense um Mm depending on depending on how well you get on um but we said we wanted more flatmates so we found one person kind of through facebook through like a facebook group uh well actually found, i guess we found them both through facebook 
but it's interesting because one of them turned out has turned out to be like a really good friend and like we're really good friends still and we all got on really well um and i really enjoyed living with him but then our other flatmate turned out to be really really not i don't want to say really really strange but <laughs> it's really bizarre because when we when we talked like on the phone to just say oh maybe we want to live together she seemed so nice i thought great i'm gonna get on really well with this person and then we lived started living together and i noticed she seemed quite nice like you know we we it was just two of us like the first night in the in the, in the house um I thought, okay, yeah, we're going to get on. This seems okay. But actually, very quickly, she just became one of those very socially isolated people who just, like, would not come out of the room. You, like, you never saw them. Mm. Um, and at one point, she decided... Well, she didn't decide. She said to us that her boyfriend would move in. But... Oh. Breaking our head degree. <laughs> not what you want to hear. Want to pay any additional rent. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember no, this. No, no. <laughs> this is the thing, is you... I mean, and this applies more so when you're you're doing that. We need someone to fill a room. You know, you you post an advert on spare room or something similar, or you need to be the person who finds a spare room, and you just you you take a leap of faith about the relationships you're going to have with those people that, in almost no other aspect of your life, would feel like a particularly you know, that you would feel good about being a necessary decision. The only other kind of thing that I can compare it to is when you like, when you take a new job, really, and you just have to assume that you're going to fit into that workplace because the job is something you want. And it's kind of an equivalent thing. You're like, I've had a one conversation with these people and I feel like we vibe. I feel like there's something there. And you just, and you know, the flat is, is nice enough, is within your specs, whatever. And then you just have to take this real leap of faith about some human relationships that you're either really going to have to put an effort into carving so that they're like fulfilling and comfortable or you're just going to have an unpleasant time. And mm. I think that is so... Mm. Oh, I've never thought about it properly before, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, gross, don't want to do that soon. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the trickier vibe of like, because, yeah, to me, like being able to be comfortable in my own home is very important. And it's even just something as small as like, you know, you've had, a, well, maybe pre, pre-pandemic working from home, but you know, you've had a long day, you've been at work all day, I don't know, you've like been doing something in the evening and you want to come back and you want to watch Love Island. Yes. I just want to sit down and binge watch Selling Sunset or Married at First Sight or whatever I'm watching right now. And I don't want to be judged. I just want to sit there and like eat some ice cream from the tub. But like, <laughs> I feel like I can do that in the comfort of like, you know, friends or people I know. Mm. But like, if I was living with people I did not feel comfortable with, I would, I would feel judged, to be honest. Yeah. And maybe people should judge me, but I hope <laughs> not. Not at all. That's what I would never judge I do really like that that voice noter said at the end of all that, you know, good karma comes your way eventually in terms of flatmates, because I just think after, for me personally, after I had had a couple of uh, mixed years in the flatmate department, spending my third year at university, which is a couple of years ago now, uh, living with the, my wonderful colleagues at the voice note podcast was just <laughs> such a joy. Um, I don't really, I sometimes try to think about uh, specific memories that maybe I have just from I've been thinking about it whilst we've been recording this episode and I just have this sense generally of there being a lot of openness we spent I spent so much more time in the living area of that flat than I have spent in any other flat that I have lived in 
And I remember I just used to, I mean, maybe maybe it pissed you off, but I feel like I just used to float in and out of your bedrooms and just be like, hi, I'm here now. Um, and it was very comfortable and I felt very, very at home in a way that I hadn't really um, anywhere else. No insult to any flatmates I've had since then who I also dearly love. Um, but there, there was just uh, this really nice sense of openness that I super appreciated about living with you guys. And I feel it would be remiss not to mention it since this is the topic for this week. And yeah, I think as Una said, like since then, even though I've gotten quite well with my flatmates, I've not had a flat with the same sense of kind of like cute and not like cute, yeah, I guess I want to say oneness part of it. Yeah, you know, with my flatmates last two years, you know, we would still we would hang out, but we would still spend lots of time in our separate rooms. Where I feel like actually, people remember that I had this gigantic bedroom <laughs> with a cozy corner, a cozy corner. <laughs> And I will confess that it did not get a lot of use because <laughs> we spent all our time together. Even if we were watching separate TV shows, we would literally sit together in the living room <laughs> with our separate laptop watching TV separately, but like hang out together. Also, I think we were lucky with the way, like the layout of the flat because um, well, obviously most people have never, never been to the flat, but it was... Um, <laughs> like the living room and kitchen were in the same room so it's like an open plan like living dining bit and the the front door there was like the hallway and then it just led to the living dining area so I just remember like coming in like every day like I wouldn't stop and go into my room which was nearest Mm. the front door I would literally go like march through the hallway like plonk myself down in the living room and like normally there would be at least one other person there and my resounding memory of the year is just like, yeah, as people have said, not really spending any time in my bedroom, um, mm. but spending so much time in that common area. And also I remember because um, we were also really lucky that the flat was like two minutes away from the main uni campus. So I remember people referring to it as like the hub because it, <laughs> it, it would be like the flat that people could kind of pop to um because it was so near to like where people studied and like if we had a flat party um it was like a really useful convenient place to have it because it was just like such a nice community space and we we had a lot Mm. of the same friends I think I think really it was that um getting all like emotional now but I think it would be fair to say that, um yes we'd had difficult years before but we were also going through like you know for three of us it was our final year it it was it you know we faced our own difficulties but we all um we are all like people who can support one another but also need that support ourselves. and I think Mm. we really went in like it wasn't necessarily like a forced thing or with some sort of intention but so quickly it just became this really supportive space where yeah yeah we we just kind of supported each other and and as you've all said um I yeah have 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 not had that same experience again and so um it it does stand out to me as we all know you know we even to this day even though we haven't lived together for two years we're still super super close and we definitely still provide that kind of support that we were just talking about, like even if it even though it's kind of more virtual now than mm. than it was when we all lived together and um to get really soppy that, you know, has meant a lot to me. Um oh, especially awesome. during lockdown times. Yeah. <laughs> um,
thank you for tuning in to our third episode remember to like share and subscribe on your fave podcast platform we are now on apple too and make sure to tell your pals partners and the flatmates you haven't spoken to in a while to listen to and don't miss out on the opportunity to voice note us for an episode by following our twitter account at voice note pod capital v capital p and we'll be back next week for more ramblings and reflections bye This week we're talking about the future. It's natural to think about and maybe even try to plan it, but it can be super daunting. And when you're living your best life in your 20s, do you really need your grandma asking when you're going to pop one out?